Hey everyone, I am Yvette Loy, host of Life Her Podcast. First, I would like to acknowledge Havana Cigar Lounge, which where we are broadcasting today. And I hope you guys love the scenery because it is beautiful and you shall visit. So today we are here with amazing Dr. Angelina and she has some amazing information for us today. And it's very popular on TikTok and all over social media. And she has the proper knowledge to give to everyone that's curious of the pros and cons of everything. So, hey, doctors, how are you? Hello, hello, I'm fine. <laughs> this is a fun place. I am coming back here. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's very chill. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, first, I want to get to know you. Um, what made you even become a doctor? Because, you know, a lot of kids are like, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. Were you one of those kids or you changed your mind as you got older? Well, for me, it was a little different because I moved to United States when I was 15. So whatever okay. dreams I had back home were not the same dreams, or at least in the beginning. Okay. When I first moved, I moved from Moscow to Columbus, Ohio. Okay. I was 15. I did not speak English. And so I kind of had to start from scratch. Oh. Uh, my family didn't have anything. We came as refugees. You know, kind of like had to be like a blind kitten, just kind of like try to do different things, you know, okay. learn English. And like, of course, in the beginning, like you don't speak English, how are you gonna become a doctor? So as my English, English improved, then I took more and more classes when I went to college, then slowly, 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 it's kind of like, okay, we're gonna do this. Okay. So it, it, I got there eventually. <laughs> so was it difficult for you just studying to become a doctor as when you were in college? I don't think it was, for me, undergrad was more difficult than medical school. Really? Because I think because of the English barrier. Okay. I started when I was 16. Um, I had to do a lot of extra English classes and a lot of just stupid stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, and then by the time I actually made it to, and I had to work three jobs, I had to pay for one college. Um, so I kind of worked and of course I went out and I did all the things I had to do in college, but except I did it like between 16 and 18 years old. And then... By the time I got to medical school, I was 20, 21 when I started, and that's all I did. I didn't have a job because in medical school, you usually don't work, <laughs> and that was basically 24-7 studying, oh. and that was easy then because I didn't have all the distractions. Right, that's true. that's true. So for me, I mean, I'm sure it was hard if you look at it from outside because it was a time and dedication, time away from family, but I like what I do, so it's kind of... It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> so um, before we actually started, you told me that you worked in Ohio. And of course, I'm from Akron, Ohio. Right. So I flew here to Atlanta to come stay here with you. So what was it like when you were working in Ohio? Cold? Yes, very cold. <laughs> That's snow. It was cold? <laughs> There's snow. But it was fine because, you know, I, I was used to it. I grew up in Columbus. I did residency five years in Cleveland. And then I went back for my one of my fellowships back to Columbus, Ohio, in Ohio State. So I was up there for a long time. Okay. And then finally we moved out to Georgia was like, okay, we're ready for a little slightly warmer weather because Georgia is confused Again. on the weather. <laughs> so when you were there, what were you practicing then? Surgery. So my surgery. training, yeah, my general surgery training was in Cleveland Clinic. We did a lot of trauma. Um, a lot of colorectal surgery. My husband was there too. That's why I say we, okay. as in not me in multiples, but me and my husband. Okay. <laughs> but both were there. And then I did critical care, 
trauma fellowship at the Ohio State. So okay. a lot of kind of critical, sick people that we had to work with. Okay. So um, today's age, everyone is dealing with a lot as far as obesity. A lot of women deal with PCOS and different things of that nature. So I know the motivation for a lot of people now is to lose weight. It's right. becoming a lot more common yes. and people are being health conscious. What are some of the things that you think about um, gastro bypass compared to Wigrovi? Wigrovi. Um, well, they're not two separate things and they're not mutually exclusive. Those are treatments for medical condition, right? Obesity is a medical condition. PCOS is a medical condition. And they have treatments that both surgical and medical. And sometimes we need to use both. So I always compare obesity to, let's say, somebody with a heart, heart disease. Right. And that they come to a doctor, and the doctor might say, look, you, if you're not going to have open heart surgery right now to bypass that blood vessel that's about to get blocked, you might have a heart attack and die. So we need to do this open heart surgery. And the person goes, okay, yes. And then the doctor will say, now you had surgery, but now you're going to have to have medication for the rest of your life to make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And nobody ever argues with that. Right? Yes. Obesity is a medical condition that has surgery available for those who need it. That's going to help us control the condition, like initial control of the condition. And then we have now, with the new medications like Wigovi, now we have medicine that we can use to help to control the condition for the rest of your life because it's a lifelong condition. It's a chronic condition. Okay. It doesn't just poof, disappear. Now, obesity, I know. A lot of people don't like it being called a chronic disease. And I know some people say that. They say obesity is a chronic disease. Is that true? Obesity is a chronic disease. It's a medical <laughs> diagnosis. Okay. <laughs> and that's the problem in this country. Most people actually don't recognize it yes. as a chronic disease. And there's a lot of shaming going on. You know, you took easy way out. Same example, if somebody has heart disease and they have heart, open heart surgery, nobody's going to tell them you took the easy way out and you went for that heart surgery. You should have just worked a little harder, done a little bit more cardio to make your heart stronger. Like, why, why did you have surgery? And then we have medical condition of obesity where we have surgery and if somebody tries to go for surgery, very common, I still hear even patient's family telling them, why did you go for surgery? You took the easy way out. You should just try harder by yourself. Right. Well, if person tried harder by themselves, like nobody just jumps into surgery. Like, People don't just go for surgery. They already have tried everything they could possibly do. They starved themselves. They did boot camps already. They've done other medicines already. Nobody jumps into surgery. Right. At least no same person. <laughs> right. Right? Like, people are afraid of surgery generally. Yes, they are. So, it's, it's, we need to recognize it as medical condition. Yes. Properly. That's so true. That is so true. Because a lot of people, they don't understand how much trauma it puts on your heart also like when you because I know all of my personal experience like my grandfather he was kind of heavy and it just it caused him to get stents and it caused his blood flow to just not even just be compatible to his weight or anything at all so he did have to work out and do different things in that nature but people sometimes they don't understand how important it is and how it could cause more health conditions on top of the one that they already have. Correct. It's very complex metabolic disorder. Same as diabetes, right? Yes. Why is everybody afraid of diabetes? 
because nobody's born with type 2 diabetes. Right. Type 2 diabetes gets developed for very same reasons as the obesity, right? Yes. But diabetes can lead to blindness, uh, heart, heart disease, strokes, kidney failure, um, vascular problems where like people's toes need to be amputated, right? There's so many different things that one condition can cause. Yes. Obesity is one of those conditions too. It can cause diabetes, which can cause all those other things. It can cause joint pain and joint problems. It can cause inflammation all over the body. Mm-hmm. And then if you have PCOS, I know you mentioned PCOS yes. earlier. Um, if somebody has PCOS, which is also partly hormonal disorder, mm-hmm. well, obesity, fat is a hormonally, like it's an organ that makes hormones. Mm-hmm. It's a metabolic organ. Right. I know we don't think of fat as an organ, kind of like skin. Skin is the biggest organ in our body. Yes, it is. Fat is also kind of like that. I know it's not officially stated anywhere, but that's kind of works the same way. It makes hormones. So it makes one condition, makes other condition worse. Wow. It's all interconnected. So when you treat obesity as a medical condition and you make that better, all those other things fall like dominoes. They follow and they get better. Yeah. So if someone was to come to you and say, I want to get gastro surgery. What is the process for that? Because people don't know it takes months for the process to even go through and get approved by doctors, get approved by insurance, different things of the nature. And some people give up on that process. Correct. And so there are two different ways to look at it. Insurance versus no insurance. Okay. Insurance likes to make our life more difficult, both for patients and doctors. Unfortunately. So that whole process of six months waiting time with monthly visits and, you know, some of those are good things to do, like nutritional visits and checking your heart, lungs and everything. Therapy. That's required by insurance. That's insurance requirement. That's not doctor requirement. Gotcha. For people who don't have to deal with insurance, which unfortunately I do have a lot of patients who don't have insurance right now. It's still very common, or they have maybe plans that don't cover obesity. So because the condition is not officially recognized by insurance plans as a medical condition, they just said, we're just not gonna cover that condition. And so we end up with a lot of people who may have insurance, but they're just useless. So those people don't have to do six months of waiting. They come to see, let's say they come to see us, we'll look at you, we say, okay, you qualify, whatever check marks, you qualify for surgery, they can have a discussion with a doctor, one of my obesity specialty surgeons, who will say, okay, this is a good surgery for you, or this is a good surgery for you, they decide. Mm-hmm. And if they're paying out of pocket, they can have surgery within a couple of weeks. Wow. I mean, we, we, we do all the proper things, we check, right. you know, if we need to check the heart, lungs, all those things, all of that is checked and done. After that, and psychiatry, a lot of times we also have patients in psychiatry, but once that's done, which can be done technically within a week if you want to, Right? Yes. You can have surgery within a few weeks of the initial planned time. Okay. Do you, for some people that can't afford it out of pocket, do you have like payment plan installments for them to be able to work their way to? They usually use things like care credit. Okay. Um, For some people who have those HSA plans, they can technically still use those money. Okay. Uh, Those cards. Uh, Don't ask me. I'm not an expert on insurance. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) But yeah, they do that kind of stuff, you know, uh, payment uh, processing, like care credit stuff. 
Okay. <laughs> I have people for that. Inquire at the office. Okay. So but yes, um, they, they do try to help as much as they can. And they also bring the okay. prices down to more reasonable level. So if you look at the national fee for, let's say, a gastric sleeve, which is one of the common surgeries for making yes. stomach smaller, um, on average, twenty-five to forty thousand dollars in the hospital because we know hospitals are very expensive. Yes. In our surgery center, it will be about ten thousand dollars, all inclusive. Okay. And that includes anesthesia, operating room fee, and surgery. Okay. So for people who really need it, that would be an option. And for okay. some people, it's life-saving option. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot of people that just been wanting it to make themselves better, and comes with like sometimes they be depressed and just due to their weight itself, and they don't have no other option. So I really appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people don't know. Yes, a lot of people don't know. And surprisingly, even with all the shows, you know, the reality TV shows, other medical TV shows, you mm -hmm. would think everybody knows that there's surgery for weight, like gastric sleeve or gastric bypass, and there's 10 other ones. But I still get patients every day in the office that never heard of it. Wow. So we have to educate individually every patient that comes through the door. Right. So besides the um, gastro sleeve and the gastro bypass surgery, would the Rigoli, how does that work? Would you recommend them to do that or actually have the surgery or it depends on their condition? Depends on their condition. Okay. So some people who just need to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds, they may get away with just medication. Okay. And of course we have like on TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> um, we have uh, a lot of influencers there that post their results and they're already 80 pounds down, 70 pounds down. So there's definitely people who respond to medicine very well. Okay. And then we have patients who need to lose over 100 pounds. Sometimes we have people who are losing over 200 pounds. Okay. For them, I feel like starting with a surgery would be better benefit to them to get started and then use medicine afterwards. Okay. Uh, they might not need medicine right away. Maybe while they're waiting for surgery, they can use medicine and then do the surgery because the same hormone, like Wegovy, Wegovy is a kind of a, a mimic of the hormone that we already have in our body. We make that same thing in our body. Okay. Well, that hormone actually naturally goes up after gastric bypass surgery or gastric oh. sleeve. That's how it works. It's not just because we made the stomach smaller, it actually helps us to adjust our hormones to higher levels. Okay. And mimic the effect of Vigovi for first couple of years. And then it's gonna stabilize back down and that's usually when we start adding Vigovi back into those patients to help them continue to maintain that result. Wow, so um, utilizing Vigovi, what are some side effects that people may experience? So it's, if you're doing it correctly with the proper doctor supervision, it's relatively mild. Maybe in the beginning, a little queasiness. So for those, like, especially women who had kids before, my first question when I tried to do dose them, I'm like, have you had kids? They're like, yes, I'm like, you should, no problem. We're gonna go up fast on a dose. We're gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. You can handle it. You know what to do. For people who haven't had kids or men who just don't experience that kind of nausea, mm -hmm. you know, that first trimester nausea, <laughs> then I'm kind of a little bit more careful on, on how slow we're gonna progress from dosing. So okay. a little nausea is mostly the most common effect. Uh, and it's not as common as people say on media. Uh, maybe a little constipation, maybe a little diarrhea, GI symptoms, okay. mostly. Uh, and other side effects, they're not really side effects, they're good effects. 
like taking away the food noise, that little tiny voice in the back of our head that makes us think about food all the time. Yeah. A little snack, because I think we trained like in daycare here. Snack, snack types. Right. Why are you snacking? You're not gonna starve. You're gonna be home soon having dinner. Like why? Right. Why was snacking at school for <laughs> five minutes? I don't know. But it's almost like bred into us. Like it's, we've been taught to do this. Like I'm looking at my kids in school right now. So that little voice that asks for snacks, that medicine blocks it. Okay. So it helps with that. It's like to quench your hunger, that makes you hungry. It will make you thirsty, so it can cause okay. dehydration if somebody's not careful. So you definitely okay. have to... Water, water. Water, water. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so well-managed uh, medicine under good supervision does not have a lot of side effects. Oh, wow. So as far as that um, option for individuals, is it a payment plan for that? or can they just outright just buy it? How does that process go? So for some patients who have insurance coverage for that medication, they can get it through insurance. So it's gonna be like a regular doctor visit. Okay. They run it through insurance and you know, there's some paperwork I'm sure involved and you know, people can try to get it through their doctor. Okay. Uh, if their doctor is not willing or able to give them that medicine because there are still a lot of primary care doctors that are still not willing or able to treat okay. obesity and you know there are special obesity specialists who can actually help people okay they can find another doctor which is okay to do um, and get that medicine through regular means now for people who don't have insurance or again don't have the coverage for that particular medication they can buy it and practice like mine and um, our, our overall price is lower than pharmacy because okay. pharmacy price is very expensive yes um, so we do bring the price down for them and then they can pay the one month at the time or six months at the time to get a discount. Mm -hmm. And same thing, they can use same care credit, they can use the same HSA plans okay. if they have them. You know, so we try to work with people to see what works yeah. for them. Um, I occasionally get patients who ask, can I pay weekly, like each shot, because it's a weekly shot. Mm -hmm. um, and occasionally we can do it. I just want to make sure I always have very serious conversation with those patients. I'm like, if you, and it's unfortunate we have to have that financial conversation because right. If somebody's really worried they cannot pay for the whole month of medicine, but then they want to get just one or two shots, well, one or two shots not going to give you enough result. Right. So if you cannot come back and get rest of the medicine, you just kind of wasted that two weeks of money. Right. So I always tell people project that it's a long-term medicine. Right. And and you know do whatever you have to do at home, and it kind of evens out a little bit if you can afford it because you do buy less food, you do buy less crap. <laughs> it takes away like like people who drink alcohol, you kind of look at alcohol, you kind of like, mm, don't feel like it, you know? So if you like the type of person who likes to go out and have a drink and have a meal, now you're gonna be like five people sharing one appetizer because right. it just, you don't have that taste for the stuff anymore. Yeah. So maybe over time, it will even out a little bit. I tried to <laughs> help with math a little bit. I was like, look, you're gonna stop smoking maybe, you might be gonna stop eating so much extra, you know, all those additive type of foods, you know, whatever That's it is good. bothering us to start with. So, but it is a long-term medicine. So I want people to understand that. And I don't want somebody to just think, I'll take it for a month or two because it's, it's literally gonna be a waste of their money. Wow. So. So how do you feel about it becoming so common I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy about it. Prior to this, and 
my team over there knows when I started doing this kind of publicity uh-huh. and, and going to the TV, going to the podcast, even though I'm a cosmetic surgeon, right? I mostly do tummy tucks and, and breast. My rest of the team does weight loss surgery, but I'm a cosmetic surgeon. Okay. But when I, when I said, how do you want us to present you? How do you want us to promote you? I said, we're going to talk about weight because that's the underlying problem. Right. This is the underlying issue. So we're going to educate people about obesity. We're going to educate people about it. And that's before all the TikTok thing happened. Yes. And, you know, now that celebrities are taking medicine, everybody's mad at them. But I'm like, I'm happy. Have more celebrities take it. Have a couple more celebrities have bypass surgery. So people are aware of it. Right. This is a thing. So now people, I don't care if they're mad or happy or whatever, but eventually if somebody needs it, now they know it exists and they can go and ask for it. They can advocate for themselves. I know some, I've seen a few videos on TikTok where some people are upset that the medication is being taken by celebrities or just people overall. And they saying that they run out of it and it's not enough for them to be able to cure their actual type two diabetes and Mm -hmm. they're not able to get anything. What do you think about that? So, I mean, a couple of things wrong with that picture. (laughs) Number, well, diabetes is a bad disease. Obesity, equivalently bad disease. Yes. And obesity leads to diabetes. So people who try to get themselves treatment a little earlier to prevent diabetes from happening, Mm -hmm. I cannot blame them. Two, people with obesity are not the ones who are making the medication. It's pharmaceutical companies who yes. make billions of dollars in profit. Trillions. <laughs> so they can increase the production, right? Yeah. I think for the pharmaceutical companies, this who took our drugs argument is like the biggest marketing stunt. It is. That ever been created. <laughs> it is. Right? Yes. No other medications have done that. Yes, I can see that happening. Three, the hundred or so celebrities that may or may not have taken this medicine did not buy $24 billion worth of that medication. That's true. Right? They made it popular for everybody else to know about it. Mm -hmm. But most likely those few celebrities took it a generic or they took it for free. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, again, there's not billions of them who took that medication. Right. And we also do not know if those celebrities had an underlying medical condition that we are not aware of. Yeah. So I'm not mad at Kim Kardashian for taking medication because we don't know if she has PCOS. She right. might be keeping it quiet. Even though she's on TV for the last 20 years, but we don't know. It's not our place to know. It's between right. her and her doctor. Exactly. So you don't know what people are dealing with. Maybe she had IBS. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what a lot of people... It's not our business. No, it's not. So you cannot be mad at these people for taking the drug or for these people not taking the drug or this person being popular while on the drug. It's their business. Yes. So if we're going to start doing it about every medication to everybody, you know, what's going to happen? It's a lot of medication. That's That's a lot of argument. (laughs) Yes, it is. So if everybody just sticks to keeping their health care between them and their doctor... Or if the doctor does not doing it right, find another doctor. But it's between them. It's not between us. <laughs> right? Yes. yes, you are right. So, and also Wegovy, since we're specifically talking about Wegovy, officially FDA approved for obesity treatment, not diabetes. Oh, wow. Ozempic was a diabetic approved medication. Okay. But they are the same thing. 
Oh. So Wingovi is Ozempic. Okay. It's literally the same medication under a different name. Okay. So that's where they got in trouble because they ran out of one medicine and they go over to the and other. And they went to the other medicine because it's the same medicine. It's like Aleve and Motrin. Wow. It's all ibuprofen. Wow. Technically speaking, right? Yeah. So if you run out of one, what are you going to do? You're going to sit at go home and day? No, you're going to go to the next one. <laughs> that's what any logical person is going to do. Definitely will. So that's what we did. Wow. So with everything being so common now, how has business been for you since it's been common? Well, business has been good even before this medicine became popular because we've been prescribing it before uh, Munjaro came out because this whole thing started with Munjaro this year. Um, and Ozempic, but we've been prescribing Wigovi for when it came out the year before that. And obviously we've been doing obesity surgery for over 10 years. Wow. So there is no lack of business, especially in the South. Yeah. I true. always bring up the numbers, Georgia and state of Georgia, Georgia, Mississippi, you know, like all the Southern states mm -hmm. on average, not overweight, but obesity rate about 38%. Wow. That's almost half the people, people in the state. Yeah. And how many people live in the state? I don't know, Atlanta, Lord, what, five million, six million right around here? I don't know, somebody else statistics out there, I don't know. But, wow. and if I, if I make my surgeons, the five bariatric surgeons I have in staff right now, in between here and Florida, work 24 seven, I mean, not 24 seven, but whatever, I business hours, <laughs> five days a week for the full year, we can probably squeeze out 1500 surgeries, wow. maybe 2000 surgeries in a year, I think. Or maybe that's what we did last year. But anyways, there is a lot of room to progress. We need it more is. of the surgery centers to deal with people who need surgery. Wow. So there, there, there's a lot of need for more doctors. Wow. So what services do you offer at your practice? I know it's really broad. I do not do nose. You do not do nose. <laughs> yeah. You affirm about that. I do everything else. <laughs> you are very firm about the nose. I do not touch the nose. I send you out for the nose to professionals. Uh, but um, my department, have, we have uh, almost almost four. I have a, I have a fourth plastic surgeon joining a group next week. Uh, so we have four plastic surgeons now between two states. And we do all the cosmetic work, so all the mommy makeovers, skin removals. Obviously, we specialize a lot in here in, in Atlanta uh, in skin removals for people who lost a lot of weight. Uh -huh. um, we do facelifts, eye lifts, arm lifts, all of that oh, stuff. Not you know, the new guy that started Dr. Medina, he's not new, he's very experienced, very popular for butt lifts, um, the mommy makeover you know, fat transfers. Yes. <laughs> um, so he's awesome. So he does a lot of that. And we do a lot of, of course, just beautification, lasers, skin treatments, fillers, Botox, things like that. Wow. And then the other part of the practice where my husband is in charge, because he's a bariatric surgeon as well, uh, they do all the adrenal surgery, so heartburn surgery, vein surgery, hemorrhoid surgery, <laughs> uh, wow. like all kind of other surgical conditions that we could fix, like different pilonidal cysts. Wow. Um, so those are conditions that a lot of times people are looking for answer that's less surgical. Mm -hmm. um, and we use different kind of lasers and very more highly advanced technical solutions for that. So not just like good old fashioned surgery, like we try to actually advance it. Okay. And use cool things. Even for gastric sleeve, we have one without incisions. 
oh, wow. ESG endoscopic gastric sleeve. So we can do make stomach small, smaller than people without cutting them. Oh wow! So okay. technology okay. is awesome. I know, and you're like you're on it. <laughs> We're on it. Like seriously, just like you don't have to keep up. You're kept up. <laughs> I need a break. That <laughs> you do. Do you get rest? Do you, do you make sure you rest though? I am attempting this year to get Mondays off. Mondays? It hasn't happened yet. Okay. I'm attempting. Okay. Well, you I'm trying. Try. You should try. Do you, do you ever have any type of me time for yourself though? I go to work out and that's my me time. Okay. So I like my pure bar, which is like Pilates like bar mm -hmm. workout. And that's like an hour where I try to get to myself. I used to go a lot pre-corona. Now, of course, everybody else schedules changed. Right. So, but that's a good hour. And I didn't realize how much it helped me until I stopped doing it during corona. And then I have like a complete breakdown. Oh, wow. Like I totally burned out for, for a little bit there. But that one hour when I go and my phone is off and I'm like in the class because they tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. So you're just doing your thing. And I mean... Sometimes I start thinking things, but it's mostly kind of like, I'm just working out. I got to get through this one hour and I die. And that's been really helpful. That was like very therapeutic for my mind. That's good. You deserve that. <laughs> but I try, I try to get weekends, like my Florida time, because I do have offices in Florida. So when I go there, I use that time kind of like, even I still work, but I, I time. you know, I, I kind of, yeah, for a few hours, I can have any time. That's good though. At least you put something in there. Some people don't put nothing in there at all. That's basically me for the last 20 some years. So I'm trying, I'm, 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 I'm learning. At least you're trying. Yes. We gonna see, I'm gonna make sure. <laughs> I keep trying you're to totally get tired. my husband to, to fire me because like you the CEO can't, can't fire you. Oh man, he's tough. He's tough. <laughs> <laughs> he's very tough. So how can people get in contact with you? Um, so we are on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and of course our websites. IBI Healthcare Institute is okay. the main uh, name of the company and Surgicare Arts is the cosmetic part here in Atlanta, but they're all linked. And my Instagram, Surgicare Arts, will link everybody to every page. Okay. Okay. So. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was really informative. It really was. And I just know it's going to help a lot of people because I know a lot of people that ask me for an episode like this. Perfect. And we can have to do it. more. We can do more. Yes. And you did it. <laughs> well, thank you. Girl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Life Her Podcast. See you later. <laughs>